Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. This is part two of our interview with Anthony Prince. We thoroughly enjoyed the time with him, and you're going to love it too. We talk with him about pause practices for all of the nine types, but today's episode is going to focus on type one, two, three, and four. If you're interested in learning more about Anthony, you can definitely check out our prior uh, podcast interview with him when he talks a lot about being an Enneagram 9, and so feel free to check that out. But also, you can go find him at your local yoga studio if you live in Chattanooga. He is a yoga teacher at Southern Soul Yoga, and he also teaches at Kyle House Fitness. And he's a life coach, and we'll include his website on our website, EnneagramPlusYoga.com. But we're so grateful that he joined us again, and you're going to love this episode. Anthony, let me ask you about your yoga practice. So I know you're a practitioner. Okay. You're an excellent mm-hmm. teacher. So how did your yoga practice first help you find solitude? And then how were you practicing your mat? informs what you do off your mat? Hmm, good question. So I'm trying to backtrack about 10 years ago is when I started practicing yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I don't believe I was cognizant enough to really be aware of who I was as a person in the time uh, because I was much more the people around me. And when I think about who the people were around me, Um, I was a very noisy person. Um, And then yoga started coming in and kind of started threading uh, my ability to understand myself a lot better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I practiced very intensely. It was very strong. It was very, more on on the athletic side. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I did that, it really just painted very clearly that my body needs a serious butt whooping to shut Mm -hmm. down the noise Mm-hmm. So I can start to dial in, you know, the frequencies that matter most. Okay. Um, so my yoga practice has been quintessential, uh, highly essential, if not a necessity uh, for me finding that pause. Mm. Um, and there is a second part to that question. Yes. Yes. What you do on your mat, <laughs> how does that, and if it does, mm-hmm. informs what you do off your mat? in your everyday life yeah you know it's like running a diagnostic right yeah it's like okay how are we doing today systems are booting Mm -hmm. uh legs are on knees are working joints feel healthy Mm -hmm. mental health okay we have it of course it exists how does it feel um and it's on a daily basis of trying to get to know myself all over again you know Mm -hmm. not that it takes the whole day to do so but uh it's so necessary um, sometimes what feels remedial, every time I sit down on the mat, anytime I take or teach a class, it starts the same way. Find a comfortable seat, take a couple breaths. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere beforehand because you need to pause from where you were, enter the space you're in, honor that. Now you're clear. Yeah. Take off. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do that almost every time I walk into a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, a practice I was big on for a couple years... Uh, was taking a breath before I'd open a door. Um, 
That's cool. Yeah, that I came like from practice. I like any door. I like that. Mm. Any door. I might steal that. Any door. That's why I went to the bathroom before walking in here. I was like, yeah. hold on. Breath in, breath out. Cool. I'm ready what to does, transition. What does that do for you? Mm. I think it allows me to just acknowledge that I am going from one place into another. Right. I'm walking from one room of energy to another mm-hmm. um, because my car carries a different energy. The tra- the walk from the car to the front door of the building yeah. has a different energy. Mm-hmm. And even from the lobby to this store, mm-hmm. you know, there are different things that go on and not to be super mythical about it or esoteric, but I certainly believe that doorways seem to mm-hmm. uh, hold on to energies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with the saying that like, hold on to that thought before you walk through the door because you're going to leave it at the door. Uh, if there's something you were about to say, if you've ever noticed this just very funny coincidence uh, that you had something you were about to do at your home probably, yeah. you walked into a room and you completely mm-hmm. forgot mm-hmm. the moment you entered the room. Right. You're like, huh, that's funny. So walk back through the door. And then you go back and you get <laughs> and it. And you get it. It's like, it's like you left it there to right. grab. Um, so that's why I take a breath is kind of uh, not to intentionally leave things at the door to clear um, them. but to clear them i'm checking yeah. out so i can check back mm-hmm. in and when i walk back out that door i'll pick up on where i was yeah. so i can really honor the space I love in our time that. i am totally stealing that now yeah. anthony i love that yeah don't just rush through the door just yeah. pause take a pause, breath take a breath people look at you funny so be it <laughs> <laughs> that I starts a it. conversation <laughs> <laughs> i loved it I love that too. When I was um, like 24 and 25, I did a chaplain training program at a hospital. And so like it was called being a chaplain resident. So I was there at the hospital for a year. And my supervisor, like I will never forget that he invited me to do that every time I went between visits from one patient to the next to stop at the door and to take some breaths. Mm -hmm. And that that was a transition so that I could let go because I was, you know, obviously sitting with people in the midst of great pain and let go of some of the stories and pain so that I could be present with the next next person. And he said, breathe, say a prayer, then make sure that you have that pause and that you have that transition. And so I think it is a beautiful practice. At that time, that was just transformational for me, like to be invited to do that. Yeah. And I think we forget like how powerful that that breath that pause can be in our in our daily life so i love everything anthony had to say and it brought back that memory of that supervisor who um was just a great mentor to me so (laughs) i love that i didn't make that up (laughs) (laughs) somebody else said that too (laughs) well i mean yeah we we um we're all learning from those who've gone before us Mm. so yeah so um so nines have this comfort with pausing, like Anthony has said, and I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous of it, you know. <laughs> I, I like when I when Anthony's talking about how this just comes naturally uh, to him. I kind of uh, hate him a little bit for that because <laughs> it doesn't envy. come naturally. Yeah, I'm feeling a little envy, but. But speaking of deadly sins, um, for, for nines, it's sloth. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, and sloth can be, you know, a blessing and a curse. Um, so is it more of a blessing, more of a curse, or maybe both for you? Talk, talk to me a little bit about that deadly sin of sloth. Mm. Uh, I've always believed that you can't know balance until you've been to both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can understand what it is, but you can't really know it. Yeah. You know? uh, any parent online is going to understand. Your kid's going to have to go through it, even though you told them a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. a very stubborn child growing up. Uh, now I'll listen. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what, did that, what, that, what does that advice really mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but I did spend some time in my life just finding extreme amounts of sloth. Uh, I think entering the era of COVID put that on full gear for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost not even a problem for me to just say, well, I guess after two weeks of anxiety, it was like, I, I can just sit. I can sit. I can just lie down and dissociate. I can yeah. read a book. I could play video games. I could do this for a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and I was totally okay with that. Uh, kind of frighteningly okay with that Mm -hmm. Uh, where there are other people whose default settings like I'd mentioned before are do go achieve accomplish create Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm totally fine just sitting and existing Mm -hmm. Um, and so it takes really surrounding myself with people who are those creators for me to realize well a life fulfilled really does come from uh, coexisting and offering the people around you that you care about something sweet something nice, mm-hmm. something helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've found it's much more of a curse for me because it's the easiest thing for me to do. I can get off work and say, well, I'm just going to go watch an episode of my favorite show. Mm-hmm. It's 10 in the, it's 10 in the morning. I work at like five in the morning, mind mm-hmm. you. Um, so it's like, it's 10 in the morning. I could watch like two more. You know, it's almost 12. I guess I could like do lunch and watch another one and then well, now it's 1230 and like two hours of my life just like almost while it was comforting just kind of got deleted and whatever tasks those were got pushed off or split some of them get finished today the others got pushed to tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a habit that I'm still relatively working through mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to pause sit outside be a vegetable um, so it's a blessing just because I can teach people that in a heartbeat uh, I caught my roommate sitting down he works from home I caught him sitting on the couch the other day and he had said he was so eager to take a nap he's like I'm so tired and I said okay well here's a blanket I'm gonna tuck you in here's a pillow grabbed his feet put him on the couch wrapped those up in a blanket and I said no I want you to just start breathing close your eyes mm. inhale in exhale out gave him about three guided breaths and then just walked away and said sit there um and so that that much is a blessing yeah um yeah like you i give, didn't expect you give yourself and others yeah yeah i didn't expect mm-hmm. myself to be a yin yoga teacher and i was like i was asked to do it and some part of me thought i think i already know how to do this really well mm-hmm. uh and yeah it was it was just on the moment it started it's like I- okay Cool. I do think yen would be more natural for a nine than I agree. any other numbers. It's organic. Mm-hmm. And if it's organic, it's authentic. Yeah. If it's authentic, then nothing else needs to be done. You're already, you're already there. You yeah. know, to, so to offer that, not only do you have a skill set, but you also give other people permission mm-hmm. to use a skill set. Because a lot of times, you know, like you said, most people have difficulty pausing, slowing down, and being fine with that. 
and most people don't even comprehend saying I can it's okay to do that much mm-hmm. less doing it so to give them a permission I think it's a huge gift as well yeah so talk to me about some practical things that okay. you would offer up as a nine to other nines or all the other types mm-hmm. um, in coming out of abundance of the the pause so you talked um, mm-hmm. a little bit about you know how you can find the pause and if you kind of find yourself stuck in it mm-hmm. how do you come out of it mm. what what how do you in practical terms stoke some more fire and energize and propel and assert and mm-hmm. kind of get out of the stillness yeah sometimes you get lost in the sauce literally yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. um and this sure this is really applicable to nines but i think anybody can Anybody who su- probably suffers with a lot of depression, right. you know, depression is Melancholy, like blue. not yep. moving. It is a depress. Exactly. Uh, it is a downward acti- motion, um, kind of like extra gravity on you. So um, I think this was a topic I wanted to bring up later, but we're on it now. So, yeah, let's do it. Uh, this is, this is um, what I referred to as, well, really willpower versus motivation. What do you do when the motivation's out? Um, Mm -hmm. how on earth do you human when you don't just aren't, when you aren't inspired? Uh, and that's kind of the hedonistic difficulty or complex that I found with the nine is like motivation is easy. Starting things are great. Then it's all downhill from there. Um, and I started practicing, uh, this commitment of one page at a time for lack of a better term. That's kind of the phrase I've used to embody this practice. I wanted to get back into reading more. I mm-hmm. said, well, okay, how do we do that? Multiple times I've said, okay, I'm going to have this book. I'm going to leave it next to my nightstand. I'm going to shut off all the electronics 30 minutes extra before bedtime, and I'm just going to sit next to this book, and I'm going to pick it up. And you'd be just so surprised the number of times I grab the book, I read the first page, and I put it back down. Or I pick it up. I, commit, I started committing to less mm-hmm. and finding more came from that. So I committed to reading one word. Obviously, I'm not going to just read one word. I'm going to read two, three, four, a whole sentence, four sentences, paragraphs, pages go by. And I got a lot more out of it. And I started feeling good about it, creating this reward system for myself. Uh, And so I started trying to implement that in more areas of my life. I said, well, where, where can I subdivide? Because sometimes it's too big of a thing I'm trying to accomplish the day. uh, And... Mm. I need to get myself moving. Once uh, there's a phrase I've used for myself and others, a nine in motion stays in motion. Mm. Um, Newton's laws are the laws of nine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so once, so it'd start with like applying this towards reading uh, and it could also be towards designing a website or learning a new skill Mm -hmm. or even practice as a musician is how I best learned that. Uh, I just had started remembering that in my late 20s um, since I made a pause on playing music as much as I did and practicing because of COVID and kind of reintegrating the practice of music itself. Uh, I started committing to, okay, well, let me just play a chord and let it feel good. Okay, well, you don't just play one chord. You play mm-hmm. chord progression. Yeah. goes to two, goes to three, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of in the mood. This feels nice and pretty. Let me maybe play a song now. And, okay, I started playing the song. And then... I started deviating, allowing my mind to wander and play and kind of 
forcing a practice of willpower to create motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that I need hours of willpower a day. Um, I guess I could say I'm blessed to do that. Um, so whatever it is that you're trying to work on, figure out what the first thing is. And if there's room to cut it down to make it even more accessible to maybe one minute of commitment of time, do that one minute. Yeah. You'll find that you'll slowly start to increase two to three or four minutes. And it's not so much of a daunting task. Sure. Uh, and hopefully that can get a person moving, you know, plenty of room for error in that process because sometimes you'll start and you'll stop and you'll maybe start to touch a shame spiral. Uh, you can try to brush that spiral aside and just give yourself permission to start over as many times as you yeah. need. I love it. Mm. So it's it's interesting you mentioned the start over. So this week in my yoga classes, I've been offering up a quote by Alex L. And it reads, giving yourself permission to start over is how you show yourself love. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely Oof. love it. And, you know, I feel like every season we have an opportunity to start over. Every morning you open your eyes, you have an opportunity mm. to start over. And if we want to get really, you know, down to nitty-gritty, every breath you take is an opportunity to start over. Mm-hmm. So, to your point, permission, yeah, you know, is the key to starting over. And then that feels like love. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I love myself every love time it. I pause in front of a door. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's it's small acts, right? Small acts of love that matter. Mm-hmm. Choosing like to be present. Yeah. Right after this word from our sponsor, we're gonna dive into how types four, three, two, and one can benefit from a pause practice. So last week we looked at how types nine, eight. Seven, six, and five could benefit from mindfulness and meditation practices. And today we're going to look at numbers one through four. So you don't want to miss that. Let's look at our four. Um, so for the four, we often um, joke that they're a moody and broody type. But of course, what that also means is they're comfortable with feelings and they teach the rest of us to feel. So we love that that's also their strength, but they can get stuck in negative feelings. And um, they can be the type that um, is more likely to just kind of sit on the couch. And, you know, the five and nine can do that, too. Like, there's just this real comfort in withdrawing for all three of those types. Um, And so for the four, because they get caught in those negative feelings, to go out into the light, to go out into nature, I think can be a real mood changer for them. I mean, I think that once you start moving, um, just naturally, you're going to boost your oxytocin levels, your serotonin levels, like it's just creating those feel good chemicals in your body. And so walking is just one of the natural ways to make that happen. And so I think for a four, um, to move from the darkness of their negative feelings, out to the light, be in nature, get those feel good chemicals moving in your body, um, I I think that that's going to help most of us, but it's certainly going to be a great game changer for the four. Get the get the vitamin D by being out in the sunlight. Just all those things that are going to improve their mood naturally. Um, like Kat said earlier, some of these suggestions are good for all nine numbers, but certainly a four is is going to um, be 
improving their mood through getting out um, outside and moving. So, and probably also doing that with a friend or doing it alone can be great with a four because finding community um, and, and getting out of the, the negative ruminations um, is going to be good for them. And so I would encourage them to do it by themselves or with a good friend. What do you think, Um I think they could very much benefit uh, instead of keeping all of those bottled depths of emotions inside. If you don't have a journal practice, have one. Write it mm. out. Uh, mm-hmm. When in doubt, write it out. I like it that. It is a great outlet, a great way of recentering, pausing, focusing, and just dumping the bucket so you can fill it back up. Mm. You know, everyone benefits from that, but uh, I have coached a four who is near and dear to my heart, and she loved journaling, but she needed to be asked the right questions mm-hmm. um, because there was old, there was always so many questions, um, and things started to settle down once she realized how to self inquire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I like that, and I would I would kind of piggyback on Anthony's suggestion. So I think gratitude practice for a four. Um, especially if they're struggling with self-comparison and comparison in general. So, you know, my go-to for a four is no social media or social media fasting or just turn the phone. <laughs> but I'm not going to say it for the hundreds of times. <laughs> Even though you just did. I know, exactly, right? So, so I'm switching it up for, for my fours. Uh, gratitude practice. And uh, if you're able to write five things down every single day that you're grateful for, whether large or small, that's great. If you're not into journaling, I would say gratitude meditation. You can find gratitude guided meditation that are fairly short. You can do that. But you know, one of my favorites, and you can really do it simply, once in your day, think about a person whom you're grateful for who has supported you in your life. And just take, I don't know, a couple of minutes to think about that person and what they've done for you and how they supported you Mm -hmm. and how they have showed you love and how they propelled you, how they brought you up, whatever it is. And that would, to me, would create a pause and would create sort of a difference, an uplifting spirit for a four specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. Um, Rumi said, gratitude is wine for the soul. Go on, get drunk. <laughs> so go out there, all of our force, but all of us as well, get, get drunk on gratitude. Yeah. I love that. All right, so our threes, I'm married to a three, so I know um, a lot about threes. And we had um, on the podcast um, somebody speak who's a three about watching birds like just the art of doing nothing is so important for the three to just um sort of be in the present moment and so I for my husband I know it's not watching birds but it's music you Mm -hmm. know like he can listen to music he's not having to do he's not having to accomplish um so just anything that pulls you out of that I know sometimes he'll just go and sit on the porch and just listen to nature late at night and that helps to pull him into that art of being versus the doing so that's so important for a three um but what are your thoughts guys on what could help pull the three into this act of being present instead of doing Mm. I really could round this to every single number, but just the mindfulness practice. Um, 
I think the sense of taste could be a fun thing for uh, a three to experience and play with for grounding just because I think that's the most elusive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, perhaps smell, but mm-hmm. one that gets ignored when you're not actively eating something, right? So sip tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, spend some time tasting that cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch birds. However, however you can do one thing and do that one thing really well, just do that one thing. I like um, that, like mindful drinking. Really well anyways. Yeah. 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 I'll sip tea with somebody. Ever just call me? We'll take. We'll have a tea together. I love that because that's such a nine thing. We think of a nine with like a cup of tea, but that's something the nine could teach all of us is just to learn how to mindfully drink, <laughs> like to be like the British, to like have a spot of tea and enjoy and like be present and I think that's really hard for a lot of us you know yeah I agree so I have a couple of suggestions for a three I would say take five minutes of your day and just waste time just waste it Mm -hmm. just piss it away (laughs) without achievement without a goal without doing anything just just waste time and I think that would do wonders to kind of offset their propensity to work all the time and I also would suggest savor whatever it is you're doing so like to Anthony's point (laughs) if you are getting through your meal slow down and do like the doctors recommend and chew every bite I don't know 20 times and savor the taste if you're watering flowers in your yard and you really need to get through it pause and literally smell the freaking roses like savor that if you are, you know, just whatever it is, try to kind of extend and expand whatever it is you're doing to create space to just marvel, to mm. appreciate, to pay attention, to look closer, to smell more in depth, to taste more. And I think that little pause would kind of. Mm-hmm. Help the three. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, totally agree I love with that. that. My roommate's a three. I see. I see all these attributes that we've spoken of just like yeah. come up. He yeah. scarfs down food. He's yeah. always got an itinerary. Very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. Yeah. And so when we make plans together, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I will set him so off mm-hmm. because he'll be like, "Okay, eight in the morning, we're going." I'm like I understand. I respect your time, so I'm gonna get up. But something always happens in the morning where it's like, "Well, I guess I kind of forgot to walk the dog, so I'm gonna go do that real quick." Mm-hmm. Um, kind of took my time making coffee, took my time eating and making mm-hmm. breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and I'll do my best accommodating that, knowing that full well I will extend all of my activities longer mm-hmm. than they need to be mm-hmm. by waking up early. And still some way or somehow, I will be five minutes behind the schedule. And that yeah. will... He doesn't know what to do in that five minutes. So like... <laughs> Waste the time, baby! Just, just Waste the, the time! the dog. Yeah. With the dog and the guy. Yeah. I think I think being a parent, um, ch- our children teach us how to savor. You mm-hmm. know, they're so good at that act of wonder and, like, looking and paying attention and pointing out, like, all that they see. And my daughter loves to, like, point to the moon and show me the moon. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to pay more attention. And that's, like, what mindfulness is. And I think that a three you know, getting out of the hustle and bustle and into your word savor. Mm-hmm. I love that word. I think that that's a very mindful word to be like 
find the wonder mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's such a gift for all of us yeah. to do. Um, but the three particularly needs yeah. to do that. So thank you for the word saver, Cat. I think we needed to hear that. Um, so our two, Cat. I'm gonna let you start. Oh it my up. God, I've struggled the most with the two. You know, here's what I'm gonna say. Take yourself on a date. Mm. And if it's a meanie date, let it be so. Yeah. If it is, you know, putting yourself on the calendar to say, I'm going to treat myself to a just a great cup of coffee today. I'm going to, you know, take time and take a bath it like like twos need that self-care the most and taking a pause with whatever feels caring for you or I'm going to pick my favorite book and just spend time rereading my favorite passages or do my like that's what I think the two needs to pause not just in a slowing down but into taking care of themselves as they slow Mm -hmm. down does that resonate with you yes Yes, and one of the things that I was thinking about um, is that for for two, I think because we have the air of stress is the eight, and we have the wings of the one and the three, the only place that we can go on the Enneagram to find space is the four. Mm -hmm. And I think the four is the hardest place for me to go sometimes. Mm -hmm. The four is that place of just, just resting just being, finding introspection, going inside myself, feeling Mm -hmm. my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I often want to run from that. I can even remember when I was working on my doctorate, I was so busy that even when I get, went to get a massage, I would like take my book, um, or my audible and Mm -hmm. listen to Mm -hmm. it on my phone when I was getting the massage. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to admit that, but I did that. (laughs) I know, but I mean, I was like, okay, I've got to do my self care. But there I was like listening to my, my book for my class. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so now, you know, I'm going to get the massage and there's no book on tape. You know, I'm just in the silence and, and twos need that. Like you said, they need to the bathtub where there's like just, just nothing to do, but care for your spirit. Mm -hmm. They need the yoga class where there's nothing to do except breathe. Um, you know, I just think that there's, it's so easy for me to, um, run away from the silence, Mm -hmm. but for a two, like what we need to do is run towards taking care of ourselves and being silent so that we can fill our feelings mm-hmm. and not help other people to fill their feelings and not do all the helping, but just to, to attend to ourselves and to attend to our own needs. Mm-hmm. And when I have like twos in my office um, who come to talk to me about um, self-care, they say that it's scary as hell. Like going to going to a yoga class mm-hmm. and being quiet for sixty minutes mm-hmm. is really hard mm-hmm. for for most people, but it's particularly hard for twos mm-hmm. because you know they can't help, um, and then they have to look at their own self. Mm-hmm. And um, so twos, um, you know, like to run from self care probably more than any number, um, but the care of the self is is so so important. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, there's tons of ways that I can do that, but I would just offer like massage 
would be a really great thing because without somebody's the book, without, without the, the book, book, without the book, because somebody <laughs> is taking care of you and you get to be silent and attend to your inner self. Mm-hmm. And I think for somebody's hands to be on you, and I love your, your classes, by the way, because mm-hmm. Kat always, you know, will have a moment to, whether you're in child's pose or whatever, to put, you know, her hands on you. I think that's very good for a two as well to go to a class, a yoga class that's a little bit hands-on because mm-hmm. they need somebody to care for them. And they're, they're so used to taking care of other people and having their hands on them metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be my offering. Yeah, you placed it. I'll just say make yourself dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. a gourmet one, not, yeah. the, not the lunchable one. For yourself, the leftovers are not even for anybody else. That's for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't think, well, I have some extra. I could give this to my neighbor. No. You. No, no, but not, no neighbor, no, no husband, no girlfriend. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I love that. Mhm. All right, last but not least, number 1. You know, that's another one I've struggled with and I was driving here I'm like, what would <laughs> be good for me, y'all? So you know I'm number 1. So here's what I would suggest. Finding beauty in imperfection. And one would think, well, how do you do that or embracing the imperfection? And I started to think like, what would it be for me? And I started to think, you know, like pulling out for parents or, you know, aunts or uncles or grandparents, my children's early artwork and just seeing how imperfect it is. And at a first glance, just ugly, Mm -hmm. but how beautiful it is Mm -hmm. and connecting to the beauty of that. Or if you are, you know, cooking and seeing the vegetables that are misplaced formed or not shapely just perfect like Mm -hmm. and really like embracing that so it might sound silly to the rest of y'all but I'm telling you once for a listening be like hell yeah Mm -hmm. I totally do that so embracing the imperfection however it surrounds you uh noticing it and then finding beauty in it Mm -hmm. that's what my suggestion would be I love that Anthony, you have a thought for the one? For the one. Do you have a one wing, by the way? I I stress in one. I start to notice, like, everything <laughs> wants to get in its right place. I'm like, there is no place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put that down. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. things don't exist. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the eight battling the one. Yeah. Uh, to come back to nine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish y'all could just watch me live one day in my life. Just, I, we, just just we might just follow you for just a day. Sit in the car and just yeah, we shadow each other. <laughs> um, man, for one to not one so hard, I would probably tell them to just man find an activity that you can never find perfection in. Um, something, for example, maybe. I had this one prepared, and I, I lost it. Here, come back to me. Christy, go Okay, first. okay. <laughs> well, for me, um, I love the, the short mantra of inhale, let, exhale, go. And um, I also have, like, a meditation I do for myself when I'm living in my one wing, which can be quite a lot. I do have a strong one wing, so I'll put my palms up on my thighs And then I'll place my index fingers to my thumbs and do inhale, let, exhale, go. Mm -hmm. And then my middle fingers will touch my thumbs and I'll do inhale, peace, 
exhale anxiety. And then my thumbs will touch my ring fingers and I'll do inhale this present moment, exhale your things to do list. And then my thumbs will touch my baby fingers and I'll inhale love and exhale anger. And then my palms go right back up to the sky and I inhale again, let exhale go. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, that the one has to work on letting go. Mm -hmm. Like forgiveness is big mm -hmm. for a one to let go of. Anger is big for a mm -hmm. one to let go of. You know, like all of us, the ones can struggle with anxiety because of that need for perfectionism. So certainly like all of us need to let go. Mm -hmm. But I think like any sort of finding a mantra that is helping you to let go of something, whether mm -hmm. that's anger or something else, um, that's really good for a one. And so that would be my offering to the one is some it. sort of letting go. Did you, did you find I'm it? Back. You found uh, it? Thank you for your patience, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I think an activity that a nine, that a nine can, that a one uh, can neither falter and yet also do really well is just inversion practice. Just mm -hmm. sit with your legs up on the wall. Mm -hmm. Or even like on a chair. And just sit there. Mm -hmm. There's really not no way to improve that there's no mm -hmm. way to maximize efficiency just sit there mm -hmm. no things let to gravity do hold you let gravity take care of you and just just let let the blood flow reset recirculate yeah mm. yes love it i think we've done so well and i um want to thank anthony on behalf of christy and myself but we also want to ask you anthony any final thoughts for our listeners on why they need a pause practice in their life and um you know just and i know we've talked a lot about that so just your thoughts on that um you know why why the pause is so needed for us today in your thoughts we spend a lot of time thinking yeah uh and i'm going to pull this quote from literally the headspace app i yeah. guess i wrote this down four years ago i've got a document with lists of just mm. thoughts and quotes that have caught my attention over the years so this is from 2018 thinking is not a bad thing the skill is knowing when to engage a thought and when to step back yeah. So doing your best to know that every practice of stillness and pause is about creating space. And it is about, here's another quote, how to enjoy the little detours along the way, because that's where we'll find the things more important than what we want. Yeah. That comes from actually an anime called Hunter Hunter. That character quote is Jin, Jing Freaks. Mm. Um, I love Japanese culture because they're always weaving in wisdom casually, left and right. And you're just like, wow. Mm. Um, so yeah, know that it's always in the cracks is always what you want. It's not in the destination. Even when you're practicing stillness or pausing for a specific reason, that reason is probably not the real reason why you're practicing. Mm -hmm. You'll just start to notice there's other things that want to come up and let it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 I think that's really important. The other things that come up when we start to find a meditation practice um, because I do think feelings start to come up 
I do think trauma starts to come up sometimes and that can be really hard and that's when if you notice that coming up you might want to find a coach or a therapist somebody to work with so that you're not alone in that um, but I do think that healing starts to happen when we start to find that pause um, wholeness starts to happen um, and again the pause can be really scary um, and so I think that um, we, we initially want to run from it, but how can you find some practices um, that will help you instead of to run from it, to run towards it? And, um, and that might mean putting this practice on your Google calendar and being gracious with yourself if you don't get to it, but having this, you know, trying to find a discipline with making sure there's a pause in your day. And when there's a pause in your day, it's easier to find that pause um, when you're mad at your best friend or when you're mad at your mom or whoever it is, it's much easier to find the internal pause when we've started to find and cultivate that as a daily practice. So I would say that, but I also want to brag on Anthony a little oh, bit <laughs> um, and, um, and just highlight, like, I have listened to, to many of uh, your videos on Instagram, and you have so much wisdom that you impart. Um, and I just yeah. want people to check out uh, those videos because uh, you are um, just a very kind, uh, soulful um, intelligent man Thank and you. people have a lot to learn from you so I would encourage people to find your Instagram which again is mindful at rhythm mindful rhythm wellness okay at mindful rhythm wellness also you can have those same offerings if you go to one if you live in Chattanooga if you go to one of his uh, yoga classes mm -hmm. and you are at Southern Soul Southern and at Soul. Kyle, Kyle House Fitness. He's got uh, the shirt on for Kyle, <laughs> Kyle House today. And you also are in St. Elmo, right? No, uh, not anymore. Okay. Just consolidating my various okay. spread out efforts. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, um, anything you want to say to our listeners? Any last words? Anything to highlight about yourself? Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. Do your best. Oh. Can we put that on a shirt? <laughs> Love it. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Find a breath in. Find a breath out. During this meditation, I encourage you to stay with the breath. And we're going to start with palms touching our stomach as we move to the action center of the Enneagram. And as we touch our stomachs, we're thinking about our instinctive types, our body types, which is the eight, the nine, and the one. And this type needs stillness more than any other spiritual discipline. And so as we think about their need for stillness, we think of the words from Herman Hesse, Within you there is a stillness, a sanctuary, to which you can retreat at any time and be yourself. And so in order to practice being still, the eight and nine and one need practices like Shavasana. 
they need to practice body scans where they start at the top of their head and go to the bottom of their toes and just pay attention in stillness to each part of the body and practices like restorative yoga. But ask yourself the question, whether you're an eight, nine, or one or not, what types of stillness, what practices do I need more of in my life right now? Stay with a breath and consider that question. What practices of stillness do I need more of in my life right now? And then let's move our hands to our heart center. So one palm on your heart and then maybe the other hand settles on the hand holding your heart. And so now we're in the heart triad, sometimes known as the shame triad. And this heart section, this feeling section of the Enneagram often needs more solitude because often the two, three, and four are types that like to tune in to other people's need. They like attention. They like to connect with other people in different ways, but that can lead them away from time by themselves and time alone. And so they need practices like journaling, solitary yoga, mindful walks by themselves in order to find their way to that inner space inside of themselves. And so ask yourself the question, how could I practice a solitude strengthen you in your life, deepen you on the journey and breathe in and breathe out. Paul Tillich said that loneliness is the fear of being alone, but solitude is the glory of being alone. And the Enneagram is inviting us to find that glory in being alone. Yoga is also an invitation to find that glory in being alone. Let's move our hands to our forehead with prayer hands at the forehead so your thumbs are just gently touching your third eye. And as your thumbs touch your third eye, find that breath in and out. Now we're in the head section of the Enneagram and we're thinking about our thinking types. So this is sometimes called the thinking triad. And of course our head types need to learn how to slow down that monkey mind. And they do that often through the spiritual practice of silence. Thomas Merton said, when your tongue is silent, you can rest in the silence of the forest. When your imagination is silent, the forest speaks to you. So when your imagination is silent, the forest speaks to you. So I think that it's often through the practice of silence that we awaken and have creative ideas and just start to imagine things for ourselves that we never thought was possible before. But that takes learning how to be silent and practice silence. And so for the five, the six, and the seven, that might mean turning off 
the screens. It might mean taking a bath with a candle. It might mean a breathing meditation. But how can you practice more silence in your life, regardless of whether you're five, six, or seven? What is it going to look like for you to practice that silence? And let's just end by bringing our hands in prayer to our heart and know that the light in me sees and honors the beautiful bright light in each one of you. Namaste, friends.